Welcome to this podcast from Wilkesboro Baptist Church, where we are on a mission to lead our neighbors and the nations to follow Jesus. Uh, so I'm here to introduce uh, a friend of mine that I've known since 2019 when I went down and we started a partnership in El Salvador. Uh, I met Josh and his wife down there. They, uh, they were my good host and showed me around and it became uh, what I felt like God calling me to be a partnership or calling the church to be a partnership with them. And we've done several mission trips with them. Uh, so Josh has come up. He's been out of the country, he came up to Florida to meet with some churches and uh, kind of took a new role within the church. And so that's kind of where he's here. So he's here to kind of share about Lored uh, in El Salvador. And uh, I'll turn it over to Josh. All right. Everybody hear me okay? I hope you can forgive me. Uh, I was raised Lutheran, and I know we're not allowed to talk, but I hope you'll forgive that. And I was also raised in California, so I know we're not allowed to talk, but I hope you can forgive me for that as well. Um, So my name is Josh Geisinger. I am living in El Salvador. I've been there five and a half years. My wife is Andrea, and she uh, and her family started this ministry in some form or another, uh, going on from 2003, so about 20 years now. Uh, That's our church there, and I just wanted to share one passage that kind of defines what we do. And so, in Matthew chapter 22, Jesus is asked, Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. It doesn't sound very complicated. Uh, The motto we have at La Red is amar a Dios y servir a todos. That means love God and serve everyone. That's our motto. And I think sometimes as believers, as Christians, we can kind of complicate it a little bit. But for the last 20 years and for the last five and a half of my life, uh, that's the mission that we've been carrying out through La Red. And like Tad said, Wilkesboro has been a wonderful partner to us, both sending down teams and resources for us to complete this work. So tonight is my chance to run a victory lap. I'm going to tell you guys what we've been doing and how God's been working. And so I hope you guys enjoy this time as much as I do. So we can go to the next. This is our family. So you see me there with my wife, Andrea, and our son, Tiago. He's two and a half. And that's my father-in-law, Chamba, and my mother-in-law, Maji. Chamba uh, just retired. I'll get to this a little bit later. Um, from his day job to do full-time pastoring at the church. And Andrea and I came out of uh, five years volunteering with the church, but working with another organization, now we're full-time at the church as well. So it's a really exciting time that God's doing uh, with us at La Red, not just the church itself, but with us as a family. And of course, uh, we're multiplying our staff the natural way with our son, right? So in about 12 years, he'll be ready to preach and be good to go. So we can go to the next slide there. So like I said, God has been good. On the left there is a photo. That was the first structure of the church. Uh, that was put up about 2009. That structure went up, donated land, donated wood, donated money, the whole thing. God just brought it all together. 
and God gave a vision to my family that there's, this was an area of need, to build a church that was open to receive anyone. In the beach communities we live in, the church typically doesn't let people in if they look a certain way, if they have tattoos, if uh, the women wear makeup, for example. They have a very perfectionistic view of things. And so to have a church that would welcome in people who had been hurt by the church in the past or had sin in their life, like we all do, but very public sin, uh, to let them in and let God do the work on their lives inside the church. And so on the other side there, you see the new structures, the new classrooms, and you'll see more photos of that. And uh, our whole goal is holistic transformation of the people that we serve. So what does that mean? Um, it means that we have the church, but we also have an academy for education, and we also engage in assistance. So we have a little video. It's about three minutes long, and you guys can watch that, and then I'll explain more about what we do. So that's a little bit about what we do. And la red in Spanish means the net, and that has two meanings, uh, two connotations, I guess you could say. One is a fishing net, and we're fishing for people, right? When Jesus called his first disciples, he said, I will make you fishers of men. And the difference is when we throw out that net, we're not throwing any of them back, right? We're hauling in some dirty fish sometimes. But our role as a church is to bring those people in and teach them about Jesus, but the other meaning of the word la red is the net in the sense of network, like we might use network for internet. And what we really try to do is partner with organizations, with leaders, with pastors locally and internationally to achieve this work in the coastal region of El Salvador. So it's not just us doing this work. We partner with local leaders. We partner with other churches. We partner with other organizations to carry out this work, and we partner with you guys and other churches here in the U.S. to complete this work as well. So that's our name. It's in our identity is to work together. And like the video said, there's three pillars for what we do, assist, educate, and disciple. So we've kind of narrowed our holistic transformational development model around those three things. So what does that mean? I'll show you what we did last year uh, on the next slide there. Assistance just last year, we had 105 families receive bags of food. You can see in the, the picture there, they're holding those bags of food. That's, depending on the size of the family, that's four to seven days worth of food that those families are receiving. They're receiving that food either because single mom in the home, elderly person, somebody who can't work, can't earn enough money, and they apply to be part of this food program. 105 families received bags of food last year. And we had 17 homes improved or built. So some of those homes is just roofing or repairing. But some of those homes were from dirt all the way up. And we also were able to do, sorry, we're also able to do 1,000 people received medical assistance. So what that means is we have these medical campaigns that come down, medical missions that come down. We work with local clinics. And we see kids with our pediatricians. And we see adults with our doctors. And we were able to provide medical care for over 1,000 people. It's a really big issue in El Salvador is access to medical care. So that's a big um, 
important thing that we're able to see these kids, we're able to see these adults and help them with their medical issues. And uh, Andrea, my wife, and I, we used to work for an organization called Filter of Hope. We're still working with the actual filters and sharing the gospel with those water filters. But as a church in the communities that we serve, uh, we were able to distribute 154 water filters to families last year. And that's also a way for us to share the gospel. So that's pretty amazing. Education is a huge part of what we do. We now have an academy year-round, and last year, 320 students attended our academy. So that's English programs, that's computer programs, that's music, and that's our summer program as well. But it's not just students who are school-age. We have little kids, youth, and adults taking these classes. So some of these adults are taking English classes so that they can sell more to tourists, for example or they're taking computer classes so they can build a web page for their small business, things like that. And we were able to start a music and worship program uh, this last year, which was amazing. So the point of that program is to build up a youth band at the church and have the youth serve in that way playing music. And we were also certified as a technical training center. What that means is that the government said, we like what you're doing. And they certified us to host classes in technical areas. So the government sends the teacher, sends the curriculum. We just host the class. We bring the people and the building, and the government pays us to run those classes. So those are anything from a air conditioner maintenance to welding to car repair to all these technical things that need a certification. And so we're really excited about that because it allows us to invite our people and our communities to get these technical certifications that open up more job opportunities for them. The whole point of the education is to enable these people to have economic opportunities that they otherwise wouldn't have. Minimum wage for us in El Salvador is $300 a month. So you subtract taxes from that and people are earning about $10 a day if that. And so, and cost of food and cost of living isn't all that cheap. And so what ends up happening is you have a lot of people who just get stuck in this cycle. They can't break it. And so for us, education is that way out of poverty for a lot of these families. If they can get a middle-class job and earn triple minimum wage or $1,000 a month, that can be life-changing not just for them but for their family. So that's why we engage in education. And lastly, we have discipleship. La Red operates as a church as well. We have about 100 people attending our services on Saturday. Uh, we do Saturday service. We're not Seventh-day Adventists or anything like that. We just do Saturday service because economically, a lot of people sell to tourists on uh, Sunday. And so it's easier for them to attend church with us on Saturday. And we have about 120 people separate from Saturday attending our programs during the week. This is mostly my mother-in-law's women's program. She's grown it from about 20 ladies, and now they're having 100 ladies a week show up to this program. A lot of single women, uh, a lot of, you know, moms trying to make it work, and she's doing ministry with them. And then new for us this last year, we did a, a Bible study course, like a discipleship course, based around basically what you guys are doing tonight. Just small groups at tables, food, and discussion about Scripture and it was an overwhelming success. We thought we'd have about 35 people signed up, and we ended up having to do two sessions for a total of 94 people attending these discipleship classes. And they're hungry for more. We're, we're eager to continue that program next year. 
And this discipleship, um, of course, we understand as a church, it's very important. Um, but a thing that I want to, I think it's the next slide. No, I'll talk about this instead. I wanted to tell a story about discipleship, but I'll do it after this slide. So some news about our team in 2022. If you've been to El Salvador or you know somebody that's been to El Salvador, you've probably heard about me and my family a little bit. And uh, our staff team has doubled, doubled just last year. So we now have a general manager of the church, an academy director. We have a missions manager. We have my father-in-law in the middle there, senior pastor, my mother-in-law, women's ministry. Blanca, there's uh, facilities. And then my wife and I, my wife's running youth, and I'm director of partnerships, which basically means come to me here with you. Um, and... The great thing that happened this last year is that my father-in-law was a journalist for 42 years. He was the Tom Brokaw of El Salvador, I guess you could say. And he's very famous. He's got two Emmys sitting on his desk. Uh, he's a big deal. A lot of Salvadorans know him. Um, but about 20 years ago, God called him to start this ministry. And then this last year, he felt the Lord calling him to retire so he could fully dedicate his time and effort to Lara and to the ministry. So he did that. He made that shift away from steady paycheck and all that fame and all that fortune uh, to be able to do what God was calling him to do. And for Andrea and I as well, we felt the Lord kind of opening the door for us to leave the previous organization we were with and work together as a family full time. We were always volunteering. We we're always filling in gaps. But now we're all uh, four of us. My mother-in-law, father-in-law, wife, and I are all full time there at the church. And it's been amazing. It's been amazing to see what God's been doing. So on the next slide there, uh, I just want to tell you guys a little story. <clears throat> so for those of you who have been to El Salvador, you might have met Dani Rivera. That's the kid up there. On the left there, he's seven years old. And Dani came to us when he was seven. What had happened is that his brother, his older brother, got involved in gang life uh, in the community that they live in, and he was killed. He was murdered. And it broke his family apart. His dad turned to alcoholism. His mom wanted to protect her younger son from that life. And the area where they live in is quite dangerous, a lot of gang activity. And so she brought Dani, when he was seven, to La Red. And he's been there ever since. He's about to turn 18 this year. And his mom also attends the women's ministry, and we're still we're working on his dad. Uh, but Danny, he saw his brother get killed. And that's left a lot of hurt in his life, a lot of scars in his life. And he started out pretty rebellious, if you couldn't tell by the picture on the left there. Uh, and he started out with a lot of pent-up aggression and anger. But Danny is an example for me of what discipleship really looks like. Because we've been walking with him, my wife, and now me for the last five and a half years. We've been walking with him since he was seven and showing him God's love, teaching him about Jesus, teaching him what it means for Jesus to transform his life, to walk with Jesus. And in that middle photo, Danny is a leader. Wherever he goes, there's a pack of five other teenage boys with him. He's just a natural leader. And for him to wear a temporary tattoo that says, Jesus loves me, which is what that tattoo says, it's amazing. It's amazing to me to see that because if he says something is cool, all these other boys in his community say it's cool, right? So 
for him to say Jesus is cool, church is cool, I want to go to church, he's always going to have other youth following him. And that photo there is him with his buddies. We were going to a Christian concert in the capital city there. And for me, that's what it's all about, is having people that we're walking with, not just for nine weeks of a Bible class, or not just for them learning English, but walking with them for life. He's been part of this ministry for over 10 years now, and we want to continue to feed into him. We want to continue to teach him what it means to follow Jesus. And he's going to keep bringing more kids that are just like him. And we're doing this with little ones. We're doing this with youth. We're doing this with adults. And it's an amazing thing to be called to. It's an amazing ministry to be a part of. So if you go to the next slide there. The main thing I want to say to you guys tonight is thank you. Wilkesboro has been a great partner. Tad came down in 2019 on a scout trip, and you guys have sent two mission teams down, as well as resources. And the main thing I want to just say is thank you. Thank you for being a part of this ministry that we're doing. You don't get to see the day-to-day so much, but I do. And that photo of me on the left, that's me with Jose. Jose has some disabilities, and Every now and then I get to visit him and and just sit with him, pray with him. Uh, But that photo for me represents you guys. And I'll tell you why. Because I would not be able to do this work if it wasn't for churches like you. I would not be able to dedicate myself full time to minister to kids like Jose or other people at the church if we didn't have the support and the encouragement and the prayers of churches like Wilkesboro Baptist. So because of you guys and other people like you, we get to do this. And that's amazing. And when I say that La Red also means network, that's what I mean, is that you can't necessarily live in El Salvador and do what I'm doing. You're not necessarily called to that. But you being here, part of this church, supporting all the ministries that you guys support, you are actively participating in the work that we get to do day in and day out. And that's amazing. That's the body of Christ. Amen? So, main thing I want to tell you guys is thank you. Um, The major project that Wilkesboro supported uh, was an English class, an entire new section of English class. So if you go to the next slide there. This is uh, Misael, is our academy director now. He's one of the English professors, and now he's over all of our classes that we do, computer, English, and music. And I just want to talk to you a little bit about the English classes that we do and the success that we've had with that. Everything we do, we offer for free. So nobody pays for English classes. Nobody pays for music classes, computer classes. It's all provided to them for free. And we, uh, last year, if you go to the next slide, that's our advanced class that graduated. Last year, we had 60 students complete in English class, and we split that into three sections. So that's beginner, intermediate, intermediate, and advanced. But it's actually nine sections because it's beginner, intermediate, advanced for children, youth, and adults. So split between those 60 are children, uh, youth, and adults. And then during the summer, we have what we call la casita, a little house. And basically, the la casita started in 2015, because parents would come to us and say, hey, during summer vacation, my kid has nowhere to go. 
nothing to do. I'm at work. They're getting in trouble. They're doing whatever. Is there any way they could come to the church? And what a great opportunity for parents to be asking for their kids to come to church. And so we started a summer program to do English intensives, computer training, things like that, but also to teach them about Jesus, also to feed them a meal, which they're not getting if they, because they're not attending school. And so 90 students attended our English summer class. And like I mentioned, Misael, who was our English teacher, he's now academy director as well as one of the English teachers. So if you go to the next slide, this year, because of Wilkesboro supporting a whole entire new section of English. We're going to have 89 students this year for our English class in four sections. And we are able to hire a second English teacher to help handle that load during the week. And that fourth section is going to be a tourism focus. So what does that mean? We live at the beach, and the government is investing a lot of money in the infrastructure of tourism. For El Salvador, we don't have a lot of, let's say, natural resources but we have beautiful nature, right? And especially waves. And so a lot of surf tourism, a lot of fishing, a lot of things like that. And so there's a wave of industry coming, specifically related to tourism, tourism dollars. And so hotel, translators, drivers, anything you can imagine related to tourism, that is coming and has already come. The problem is that the local people who live around us are not ready. They don't have the education, they don't have the resources, they don't have the ability to engage with all of those opportunities that are coming. And so one of the ways that we want to help people do that is with English, but specifically this new section of English that Wilkesboro has provided the funds for. We want to do a tourism focus with that English class so that as soon as they're done with that English section, that they're ready to work in the tourism industry. They can get a, a middle-class job working for a hotel, a tour agency, things like that. And so it's a, an amazing opportunity. And you see we have uh, the little kids there. They're getting to learn English in a way that they wouldn't be able to otherwise. Going to a formal English academy is a lot of money. And these families don't have it. And so for us to be able to provide it for free, uh, and we have to cap it, right? <laughs> we, we have to cap it because we don't have enough resources to go beyond the 89 for this year, but we're so happy that we have that space because you guys have provided for that entire other section of English. So thank you, Wilkesboro Baptist Church, for all that you've done to provide for specifically this English section. And I have two videos here on the next slide, and it's a little hard to hear, but these are two students from our English program. So I don't know if, if you could hear that completely, but um, Rielena Viches is a mom of two girls in our church, and she started with zero English. I mean, zero English. And after two years, she's able to sell more to tourists because she has that English education, and it's a great opportunity for her. And then the youth girl, she was sharing that she wants to be a psychologist. She wants to be a therapist. And for her living situation and everything else, it would not be possible for her to get the scholarships needed for her to go study. But if she has the English, there are scholarships available to her that enable her to continue her education to potentially, if she continues, uh, to be a therapist for people who were born in situations like her. So those are just two examples of what Wilkesboro is supporting.
in the English class and these people that are learning English because of that support. So thank you so much for that. I just want to go, I think we have two more slides. Yeah. So people ask, you know, like, okay, this is awesome. This is amazing. I really like it. How can I be a part of it? I learned very early on in ministry that prayer is not a part of ministry. Prayer is ministry. And I can see that you guys really understand that here, having the prayer list and and taking this time on Wednesday nights to pray. And we really covet your prayers. We really need your prayers. Uh, This type of work can be very exhausting, at times very lonely. And when we have the prayer support of our ministry partners like you guys, it is tangible for us. So we really would love to have your prayers. Um, Another way is to donate resources, and that doesn't just mean money. If you have anything from curriculum to access to computers to, we were talking about the potential of working together for a church plant down the road uh, and pastoral education, things like that. Anything that you guys look at, you know, what I'm presenting tonight and you think, you know, I wonder if he's heard of this or I wonder if I could connect him with that. I would love that. That's my whole job is partnerships and connecting with different resources. Uh, You can come on a mission trip. Tad is... uh, looking to send a trip of adults and then a trip of youth in 2024. Is that right? So he'll talk more about that in a minute. But we would love to have you guys come down. I think that there's, uh, there's nothing better than coming to experience what I'm talking about, transform lives, to see it, to hear it, to touch it, to engage with it, to see people's lives transformed and the testimonies that God has made happen is an amazing thing. And so that's what a mission trip allows us to do. And then lastly, uh, sharing contacts. If you guys know of other people who would be interested in supporting this work, other churches, other families, things like that, I would love to hear about that. So uh, on the tables, I have like some contact cards and some info and all that stuff. Basically, if you want to receive our newsletter, hear more information from me, you can just fill one of these out. And uh, leave it on your table, and I'll come pick it up. This card just has a little bit more information about us and our contact information on the back. Feel free to take one of those. And then there's some other papers there about La Red and some more of our story. So thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening so patiently. And I hope you guys enjoyed what I had to share tonight. Just real quick, uh, I'll give an opportunity before I give my spiel for mission trip people this coming fall. Um, does anybody have questions for Josh and for what's going on in Lored and in El Salvador? So just I'll translate, Missy. This is what happens in El Salvador is you have a translator and then you have... Then, then you have the person speak. Now, Misty asked the question, where do you get the materials, the curriculum for the English classes? Yeah. So originally... We were doing English classes only during the summer, and now we have the resources to continue it year-round. Because we started out small, we started with an organization called Shine. Uh, There's a woman out of the UK. Her name's Emma, and she gave us her curriculum that she had developed for teaching English in El Salvador, and it served us really well. But now we're looking at two things, so if you have any connections, let me know. 
One thing is this tourism focus, which Misael, our academy director, is basically writing himself right now. And the other would be including the gospel in our English education because Shine, its curriculum is not Christian affiliated at all. So we would love, if you guys have any connections or contacts or ideas about that, I'd love to hear about that. Yeah. The middle schooler in the back asked the question, do you use creative methods to teach people about Jesus? Yes, we do. Uh, El Salvador is what statistics would call a reached country. So most people have heard about God. Uh, but very few people understand what it is to have a relationship with Jesus. And if you ask people straight up, if they were to die today, what would happen? A lot of people say, I would go to hell, which is terrifying because they've heard about God. They've heard about Jesus in some way, shape, or form, but they believe they're not good enough for his love. So that causes a lot of people to walk away from the church. But because they've had this negative experience with the church, we have to be creative in how we share the gospel. So there's a few ways we do that. One is with the water filters, which if you've been down on a trip, you've seen how amazing that can be, installing a water filter to provide clean water and then showing how we all have dirt in our lives, like this dirty water, and we all need Jesus to clean us and make us new. That's a great way to share the gospel. Another way that we share the gospel is through our events. So if we do that, uh, a surf camp, if we do a sports, like a soccer day, things like that, Anything to get people to gather, and then at the end, we share the gospel. And lastly, the best way is through relationship, right? Building up that trust over time through our other programs, and then inviting them in to hear more about Jesus. So thanks, Elijah, for the question. Any other questions? James asked, what is your biggest need or your biggest challenge at this time? So biggest need is definitely people to work with. Um, our team that doubled just last year, my family has been praying for that for the last 15 years. And it's very hard to find people with the right heart and the right skill set and the right calling to do this, <clears throat> especially in El Salvador. I think um, it's only by God's grace that we have the staff that we do. And we're still looking for another three staff positions to fill. And so that's certainly a big need uh, and challenge for us. The other one is um, training up the people that have now been part of the church, like Danny, for 10 years. And where do we go from here? Leadership training, uh, bringing them up as leaders within the church, as volunteer leaders, things like that. We were talking a little bit with Pastor Chris about that. That's an area that we don't know how to do very well. And so that's another area where our, our partners, our ministry partners, church partners can come in and kind of give us some of their ideas and experience in that area. Those are two big ones. Yeah. Any other questions? One of the things I would say that changed, that, that really impacted me and, and made the desire to have a partnership with Lorette is they are big on relationships. Um, not all mission trips that you go on, unfortunately, are not made on relationships. I'm looking across the room, and I can see many of you have been on multiple mission trips, lots of mission trips. And really what stands out is the relationships that's built 
through this partnership, the ongoing relationships. It's not a one-and-done thing. Um, when he was talking about Danny, I remember him from the first trip and then the second trip. Um, just to kind of give you an impact that I was sitting beside Faith and Emma, who went on this trip last July, and the girl that was the English girl put friendship bracelets on their ankles that they're wearing today. They joined each other on Snapchat and took pictures with each other in selfies, and we knew them two days. Um, one of the things I will say about El Salvador that's different than other mission trips, they love, there's relationships. Relationships is big, and you can do that more and more. So I want to take a moment. If you've been on a trip to El Salvador, uh, if you would just stand up. There's a few of you in the room. Yeah, I know. I'm putting you on the spot. And so I'm really putting you on the spot. So if you have any questions about the experience there, y'all can sit down now. Find them out. They each have a story that they can share about El Salvador and relationships. And it's important. And I, I feel like this is what God is calling us to do, to build a bigger relationship. Um, just in July, after we left, I asked Chamba, the pastor, James's question. What's your biggest need? Tell me your biggest dream. If you could... If somebody would write you a check right now, what would you give to? And his first response was English. We need more English classes. We really need to develop them. And if you remember, I came back and that next week met with the missions committee, and we had money set aside in the surplus from 2021. And the church, you decided to give that money for that English class. And they're able to support that for a year. Another group that we can raise up. So, this coming fall, we've kind of settled on a tentative date of, I feel like we need to send adults to El Salvador. We need to send them in September. September is one of the free months they've been blessed this year with lots of teams coming in, lots of resources coming in, but they don't have anybody scheduled right now in, in September. So Josh and I talked, and we're looking around September 9th that week. It's pretty flexible. But I feel like Pastor Chris and I, the elders we met yesterday, we prayed through this. We feel like there are some adults that have had a desire to do a mission trip, to go out and build relationships. And I can't think of a better opportunity than going to El Salvador. Now, we also have our partnerships in Guatemala that we're working on, and several of you have a desire for that. And you can do, we can send two teams this year. So if you are interested in a trip, if you are interested in going on that trip, come talk to me. Talk to Pastor Chris. I can connect you. That trip is wide open. Uh, I don't know if you share this. I had to step out. But one of the visions he's doing that, that really impressed me with their new role is they're wanting to really emphasize the relationship in communities. So we can go and do just about anything in a community that they're ministering to building discipleship. We could do medical. We could do a kid's camp. We could do filters. We could do, you know, construction. We could do anything and everything that you can imagine. Help teach English. I know I see a lot of teachers in the room. I see a lot of medical people in the room. I see a lot of musicians in the room. I think it's really open. Josh is really, Josh and Chamba are open to hearing what we can do and use our skill set to help them and partner with them. So be praying for that. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to be specific and pray if God is leading you to go on a mission trip in September of this year. I know we're six, seven months out, but now's the time we can start planning. We get a team up now. We can shape it. Their job is to shape the mission trip so we make the greatest impact for that community. So be praying for that. 
And if you're interested, come talk to me. Talk to Pastor Chris. Talk to one of the elders. I can get you established. We can make it work. Um, and maybe God's calling you to lead the trip. Maybe you say, Tad, I'm not a leader. Yeah, you are. If God's leading you, he, I, w- I didn't feel like I was a leader of an mis- international mission trip either. But working with Josh and Chamba and the rest of the family, they, they make it kind of easy. Yeah. They really do. So any last words before I turn it over to Pastor Chris? Yeah. Um, like I said, you guys, Wilkesboro Baptist Church, you've been an excellent ministry partner for us. And I was telling Tad this, that um, what I, when I talk to new contacts, new churches, new organizations, I talk about relationships like what we have with you guys. And these churches that I was just at in Florida that have been around 15 plus years, because with a long-term ministry relationship comes that trust, right? It's the first time many of you have met me, but you know Tad, and so when he's talking about, hey, this is a worthy ministry, you trust that. When you talk to the other people in the room who have been on trips, and they say, hey, this is a worthy ministry, you trust that. And so that's what we want to build always are these long-term relationships. I'll take 10 long-term relationships rather than 100 one-time things. You know, and so that's a huge blessing to us. Thank you so much for being uh, a partner with us, with La Red. And thank you for receiving me these few days. And I've been trying all the hot spots, Smokehouse, 50s. So they're showing me a good time. So thank you so much for listening. And thank you so much for praying for us. Thank you, Josh. Unlimited coffee, right? Unlimited coffee. Unlimited coffee. How many cups of coffee did you have this morning breakfast? Five. It might have been more than that. Uh, Folks, thank you for being here this evening. Josh, thank you for sharing. Tad, thank you for uh, talking tonight and leading those trips to El Salvador. I don't don't get a chance to really talk about this very much. Uh, Before I came to Wilkesboro Baptist, I was a missions pastor at Mud Creek Baptist Church. And one of our philosophies there and one that we've tried to engage here is where our mission trips are based on partnerships. Uh, The reason that's tremendously important is because we don't want to go to a place where um, they absolutely have to have us. We want to go to a place where for the other 50 weeks that we're not there, they're doing really good work. That's the group of people you want to partner with because we can be an aid and an assistance rather than feel like we've got to go in and tell them how to do ministry. We don't need to tell them how to do ministry. They know how to do ministry. We need to support the ministry that they're doing. That's a tremendously important benefit. By the way, how do we grow as followers of Jesus? Through relationships. Uh, some of you might might reference a sermon that you heard. But if you want to talk about how you came to faith in Jesus and how you grew in your faith relationship with Jesus, all of you would name five people. Every single one of you. Well, that's, that's why mission relationships are tremendously important. We are looking forward to this one in the fall, uh, potentially one in Guatemala. And pray for us as we continue to explore what that looks like long-term for our church. Our elders, I, meant, I mentioned earlier, we met yesterday. One of the things we talked about was strategic mission planning. What does that look like for our church this year, three years from now, five years from now? And, and who do we partner with? And how do we, how do we kind of uh, make that work for the next three to five years? Pray for us about that. And pray for where we should go, where we should uh, build ongoing relationships and Maybe some of you should go on a mission trip. It'd be awesome to go on one that Tad leads in September.
I'm just kidding. It'd be awesome to go on one that any of you would go on and uh, pray about who here at the church should lead that one. Um, thanks for being here tonight. Next week, we'll pick right back up with uh, Doctrine of the Holy Spirit. So I hope you'll join us uh, next Wednesday night. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Remember to like and subscribe wherever podcasts are found.